his face. Just as he did so, out from behind a dune stepped the most sinister-looking woman he had ever seen. Looking out through the rain, I noticed that Dr. Drake's garden seemed strangely empty. Usually there were birds in the magnolia tree, but today there were none. Instead, I watched one fat rabbit hop out of the beech forest on the lawn. Dr. Drake was standing in front of the classroom blackboard, teaching us dragon grammar. My sister Beatrice and I had been enrolled in Dr. Drake's school some months back and had already learnt a great deal about dragons and the science of dragonology. We would have learnt more had our studies not been interrupted by all manner of adventures, albeit ones instructive about the ways of dragons. Normally I would have been fascinated by Dr. Drake's lessons. The trouble was that for three weeks we had spent every day inside because of incessant downpours. Now all I wanted to do was head out into the forest and study a real dragon again. Suddenly the rabbit was gone, streaking away into the orchard. The leaves of the magnolia had begun shaking wildly. Jamal, I thought. I leaned sideways, trying to catch a glimpse of the wyvern Dr. Drake was taking care of until he was old enough to return to his native Africa. But instead, I spotted a long, leathery, snake-like body scurrying down out of the tree and slithering into the ferns. It was Weasel, a knucker dragon that lived in the forest near Castle Drake. No doubt she was hunting rabbits. But the tree continued to shake. It was Jamal. I turned to tell Dr. Drake, but he was already talking to me. Stop daydreaming and concentrate on the job at hand. Beatrice, who was sitting at the next desk, glared at me. Uh, I'm very sorry, Dr. Drake, but forget the forest for once, Daniel, said Dr. Drake. You will do much better there when you can speak dragonish, and you won't be able to speak any dragonish if you can't conjugate verbs. But Jamal, never mind Jamal, he cried. Mademoiselle Gamay is looking after him now. The verb to fly, a regular verb like all verbs in dragonish. What is it, Daniel? My mind went blank. This wasn't dragonology, it was torture. Any chance that I might grow up to be even a dragonologist first class, far less a dragon master like Dr. Drake, was slipping away. Beatrice? said Dr. Drake. Algrai, sir said Beatrice, giving the R in the middle what I felt to be a deliberately annoying role. Good, said Dr. Drake. Al Gry, to fly. The command form, fly. Darcy? Uh, the same, said Darcy. Al Gry. Good. I fly, Beatrice. Al Grew. You fly. Al Grow. You see, Daniel, said Dr. Drake. It has the same pattern as the verb to see. Ivasi, Ivasu, Ivaso, Ivasi, Ivasumble, Ivasumple, Ivasarch. Yes, sir. So, conjugate Algrai, Daniel. I fiddled nervously in my pocket with my prized pieces of flint and iron pyrites. The last time we had managed to do some dragonological fieldwork, Darcy, a fellow student, had given Beatrice and me a set each. He had shown us how dragons use these stones to make the sparks that light the flammable venom in their mouths. But my knowledge of dragon fire was not going to help my current predicament. Daniel, said Dr. Drake, 
Algri, Algru, Algro, Algri, Algrumble, Algrumple, Al. Um. Algrach, said Dr. Drake. You have to roll your R's, Daniel, like a dragon, like. A deafening roar drowned Dr. Drake. The walls shook. Darcy, Beatrice, and I turned to look through the window and saw a large but very familiar dragon's head pressed sideways to the glass, looking in at us with one eye. Oh, cried Beatrice, it's Jamal! Prysichoyari! roared the adolescent wyvern in greeting. That's the way to do it! shouted Darcy. That's the way to roll your R's! We all laughed, including Dr. Drake, with Jamal bobbing up and down like a gigantic plucked turkey as the rain bounced off his scales. And there behind him was Mademoiselle.